This is Moon Knighting, brought to you by Gathering of the Geeks. We are Vengeance. We are Justice. We are Mark Spector. We are Stephen Grant. We are Jake Lockley. We hope that our meds kick in so that we are only one person at a time. I'm Emmett, and I'm joined by the Ted Lasso to my coach Beard, Chris Evans. Chris, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Doing well. Doing well. And we are joined by the man from tomorrow, Aaron Cajanto. Aaron, how are you tomorrow? Tomorrow is good. It was better than yesterday. Yesterday was shocking, <laughs> but today's good. So today. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Well, you might you might get a whole bunch of gastro then throughout the family. So, <laughs> but the next day tomorrow you should be fine. Are we okay? in the We are in the matrix. <laughs> Take the red pill. But yeah, nah, I'm I'm good now. I'm good now. Uh, lucky bit of sleep, but yeah, we had a, a of illness flow through the family uh, for the past few days. So not me though. I managed to avoid it. So, but that's good. I still have to do the parental thing. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, enough of my problems. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that this is an outlet, though. Yeah, oh, yeah. I got no one else to talk to you guys. I'm just stuck around with my wife who doesn't want to hear me, and like six and seven year olds. You're my only hope. <laughs> You're my only hope. <laughs> Gathering of the Geeks is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Gathering of the Geeks and you will find us. So, guys, we've got the season finale of Moon Knight Gods and Monsters. Uh, we've been seemingly talking about this one for the last three episodes of, of recording we've been worried about this season finale uh for the last three or four episodes of recording um on our last recording we kind of did um, a jump all over the place um i think we should stick to that uh format for the finale and i actually want to get into maybe a little bit more simplistic nature into likes and dislikes of the episode because i think from chats that i had have had with chris that there may be some more dislikes than likes um aaron this will be uh, the first time that I really get to uh, talk to you about it so a lot happens in this episode more than i think i wanted to happen but we can kind of get into that when we talk about you know a season finale or a series um overview that we'll kind of check in on at the end of this episode so whoever wants to go first I think we should start with, let's start with the dislikes first, okay? That might take up more time in this episode, um, and but we'll see where it goes, and uh, it, we'll get to some likes towards the end. So whoever wants to start first, let's get into some stuff that they did not like from the season finale, and we'll work in more of the um, episode beats as we go along. So whoever wants to go first, let's hear some dislikes first. Aaron, go first. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's going to be reasonably short because here's my – I actually enjoyed the episode. I thought it was really good. Um, one – I'm not going to call it a dislike. The one thing that uh, I didn't completely understand or take in was when Conchu was fighting Alma and they turned into these giant sort of like Godzilla vs. Kong sort of battles. Kaijus, yeah, it turned into this giant kaiju. Now, I don't know if that's a, um Egyptian 
God thing, like, because, like, Muhammad Yab puts a lot of that within the actual show, like, of a lot of the Egyptian sort of background and philosophies. Um, maybe that's a thing. Maybe their gods did do that, and that's part of their storylines. But that's the only part where I was just like, uh, that's a bit bit weird. But that's fine because they'll juxtaposing that to the actual um, Avatar fights as well, which was which I really enjoyed. Um, there were some bit of clunky dialogue here and there, which was okay by me. Look, it's something I can look past. I get why they put that stuff in, like the whole um, "Are you an Egyptian superhero?" to mm. the little girl, and you know, it's a bit of a on the nose kind of thing. But I get why it's there as well. Um, something maybe just for the kids to see and a bit more of a clearer understanding. Uh, there were definitely some changes to the Moon Knight character, um, which. At the start, took me back a little bit, but then a bit more clear thinking. Uh, kind of went, I kind of went with it, and I'm like, yeah, well, they've made a hell of a lot of changes throughout these series anyway, so I'll just go with it mm-hmm. this time anyway, regardless. Um, like the um, the flight thing um, when he started flying, so I was just like, that's different. Never seen that before. Um, yeah. But um, in the understanding that uh, I hadn't seen a symbiote suit on the Moon Knight either. So mm-hmm. I hadn't seen, you know, this whole Stephen has his own suit, Mark has his own suit. I've never experienced mm-hmm. that before. And so when Conchie – and so Conchie gives him a bit more power of the night uh, when he says, I'm the moon god, changes the – literally changes the sky to dark just so he can have the power to, I guess, propel Mark in that sort of direction. So I was just like, you know, I can go with it. That's fine. That's not a problem. Um, I'm just really trying to rack my brain. Maybe – Chris, if you want to start talking, because you you probably got to get a bit more off chest by the sounds of it and what me and I might be um, able to chime in or battle you. So either way, uh, I'll start my <laughs> novel now. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hated the flying. I did not like that at all. I thought it was weird. I didn't think it looked good. Just a Moon Knight missile, a CGI Moon Knight missile. I didn't understand the logic of it. Uh, I like okay at first I figured, okay like a wind gust or something because mm-hmm. Kanchu can do that kind of thing, but I think he propelled them like four, like how how far was that? I don't know. And he just kept this beeline, and I didn't like it. And then when he okay, and then he just like lands on the pyramid perfectly, and somehow Harrow is on top of the pyramid. Starting shit, and just no, did not like the flying scene at all. I didn't like the um, I love Layla. I have said that love Layla, she is better than Marlene. They managed to make something better than the original here. When she turned into the Falcon, was not into it. I thought that. Well, okay, so the first time I watched it, I was like, why is she, like, experienced like an Avenger here? Because she was, like, it was it was no time for her to learn. It was instant, I am a flying hero. And so that was weird. Then when I rewatched it, I, I noticed, okay, she's kind of just fighting on the ground mostly. So it's not too bad. But it's it's it was still kind of an odd thing. And I, I think it kind of undermined Moon Knight's return to the, the series in a way. Because there's parts where they're cutting away from his fights to show Layla. And I know this sounds weird. 
I know it does. But it's just we waited to see Moon Knight, all his kind of action glory and stuff. And he's sharing it with Layla, who is a magic superhero now. Um, so there was that. Uh, I absolutely, and I don't even want to mince words here. I hated that we didn't see how Hera was defeated in the fight. I was worried <laughs> that they were going to do that. I think I said it a couple episodes back. There's going to be a point where, where Mark is about to, to bite the bullet. And it's going to switch to Jake and he's going to save the day. What I didn't expect was that we wouldn't see it. So I hated that. I did not really like the kaiju fight in the background. That was odd to me. I thought it was unnecessary. I, uh, man, this is a long list, isn't it? <laughs> Let it out. Let it out. That's what we're here for. I kind of didn't like Amit's design. Like, oh, hmm. I get it. It's a big female crocodile. Did we need to see her? <laughs> you know? And also, Harrow gets the super version of his cane before she's even released. Why did mm -hmm. he need her? Because all, And then when, when she is released, all she does is eat these souls and become a kaiju. What was the mm -hmm. point? There was that. Um, I don't know. I think, that, I think that'll do it for right now. Oh, the ending. I, I didn't like how we went back to the asylum with Harold because now that doesn't make sense <laughs> to me anyway. It didn't make sense. I don't know. I think that covers it. Sorry. <laughs> For now. No, right. Don't be sorry. Uh, don't be sorry. And I, I wanted to start it off this way because I, I felt like for our last five recordings, we were more or less just uh, aside from the last episode where we found a little, uh, uh, some small things here and there, we were mm -hmm. pretty much praising the entire um, the entirety of the series um, mm -hmm. and like we were okay with the changes that they were making you guys were okay with the changes that they made to the character like Aaron was saying um, and it wasn't until the, the last episode um, where we really started to question well what is going on and why is it happening and this really needs to 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 resolve itself in in the final episode which in turn I don't think did in some of our questions so before we go any further did this episode feel the most different of all of the ones that we've seen so far. Did you guys get that sense that this was this for me, this felt like the most MCU of of this of the the show the this the episode so far. It felt like the most um ridiculous, even you know, like you said, in the sense of a kaiju fight, in the sense where there's you know continuity issues, um, yes, in the nice. sense where we're just kind of just like, okay, this is a we got a new character and she's She's she looks awesome, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, I love awesome. the design of the suit; so good. Um, but it's just like, okay, we've got this new one. Yeah, the concept is, but all of a sudden, okay, now she's the avatar of a Tauret, and a whole bunch of things just happened way too way too fast for me. Mm -hmm. But did this feel like it was a totally different episode than a, a totally different show for you guys? Did you guys get that sense? For for me, it felt like the Wandavision journey, kind of ex yeah. well, exactly like that because. Leading up to the final episode, everything felt different. Like we were watching something else. It was it was MCU, but it was different enough. And then when we got to the finale, it was MCU, just a regular Marvel finale. To me, this followed the exact same journey. Yeah, it's very very similar blueprint to most the MCU shows. It's just like all leading up to this one thing. But obviously, it was more Wonder Vision. But uh, I just I personally feel that. It was better. I liked it. I like this ending better than I liked the Vision. Hmm. I go for that too. I actually, 
Yeah, I, I do like this one better. Like I said, I, I've only got a few couple of little nitpicks with the ending of it, but um, I think overall it worked for me. But it, it does feel completely different. But I think it's, I, I honestly, on the opposite side, I honestly think it's an injection that the series kind of needed as well hmm. because it was going very well for a character study, but it was getting to the point where it's like, right, when you get to this sort of crescendo, you know, where's I need I need that emotion, I need that jubilation, you know, of Moon Knight doing his thing and mm-hmm. doing his stuff, and you know, and I I got majority of that, you know, even with Mister Knight doing his stuff as well. So I mean, it was just minor, but it, it needed that sort of like injection in the arm to for me to wrap it kind of kind of wrap it up. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with Aaron. I liked um, I liked this episode. It, it was completely different for me. But the only issue I had was that all of the stuff in this episode shouldn't have happened in one episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we'll get into this and we've talked about this um, towards the when we talk about these series on the whole. Like the amount of stuff that happens in this episode is ridiculous. Steven comes back. Kaiju fight. Um, you know, the, uh, Layla being a, a superhero. Um, and the wrap up with uh, Arthur and then the the end credit scene with with Jake uh, coming in there like and a new, a new look on Conchu like way too much stuff happened. Um, and the, like we were talking about, um, I think, Chris, you mentioned it when we were talking about episode six, when we were talking about episode five, was that this was the shortest episode or it's 45 minutes. Yeah. And they just they just put way too much into it. And like the there was there was only one moment, I think, of 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 peace in the entire episode and that's during the time when mark and steven are kind of having a conversation with conch making their deal um and that c- scene didn't make it 100 sense to me i don't know where they are i don't know how mark got there i don't know where conch is right now um so the the like i said with the continuity issues i have no idea what's what's going on with it that way but it, before that and after that the gas pedal is pretty much you know, on the floor until the very end of the episode. Like the action in the in this episode, I actually really enjoyed. I thought mm-hmm. I think it was the best of the entire series. Um, Aaron, you posted a picture um, of the Moon Knight or Mister Knight. Um, you know, there's a side by side of uh, him doing the, the fight scenes. Um, I thought the fight scenes looked great uh, with Layla included. You know, how did you guys feel about the action? There was that one scene that we've seen in pretty much all of the trailers of Moon Knight kind of jumping over a car and throwing his uh, crescent uh, crescent darts. Uh, where we finally get the payoff for that one in this episode. You know, we get the switching back of Mister Knight and Moon Knight, um, seemingly you know, Mark and Steven finally working together. Um, have the acceptance of whose body it is and what their purpose um, is. So, how'd you guys feel about the action um, overall? Maybe that's a, a positive we can get into, if it's a positive, Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I did really enjoy the act because the thing it, that's the weird thing about this episode. I'm really mixed on like I know I sound like I hated it. I just hated pieces of it. I, I so like Emma, it. Emma, Emma asked you to go to negative first. Remember that. So it you, does you sound like you hated it. You put Emma this label on yourself. Yes. Yeah. Everybody, um, Chris hates this episode. All right. He hates it. I'm trading my costume shop to you. I wanted to get it out of the way. No, no, I'm not trading my conscience for nothing. He looked badass. Um, no, the action was cool. Um, I know I made fun of the flying, but that moment when he gives the knee to the face to Harrow with the moon yeah. in the background, put that on a poster and give it to me. That was mm-hmm. so cool. 
Um, and then just like the the action they had in the street was really neat. I loved the switching back and the seamless switching back and mm. forth between them. And see, the thing with Steven is Mr. Knight that I thought was cool was we it was hinted that this is muscle memory. Steven can do it. And in this episode, he realized it. And the way they worked together was so I really liked that a lot. Um, up until the point where he blacked out again for no reason. But uh, I like that. Also, I know I picked on Layla. Her fights were cool, and she looked badass doing it. So mm-hmm. that was neat. I, I enjoyed that. But, um, yeah, the action was good. I'm not going to talk about the kaijus. Aaron? <laughs> yeah, the street level stopped. I absolutely loved every bit. I loved mm-hmm. Layla's fight. I loved the way Layla looked. I loved the way Layla appeared, that she needed Tauret. And Tauret's like, you know, I've got this really cool suit. And, you know, and she's so excited. And she, <laughs> Oh, it was that scene with um, uh, Layla, and she's talking like it's very reminiscent of when um, Mark had uh, Conchu through him as well, and he's trying to talk, and like she's just going up up and down with it. it was so good. Um, when because you had the scene where Stephen and Mark share the same heart, so when they had that heart and they had that one heart, that means they got the one body. So when um, they started to switch just on on the diamond, they knew they basically knew each other were there, and they could switch. Um, on and off, which I thought was so good. And you can see Oscar Isaac was having a hell of a fun time doing it. And um, But uh, I'm a big uh, Mr. Knight fan. He's probably one of my favourite incarnations of Moon Knight. So when the Trudgeons came out and you had that one long shot and mm-hmm. um, that I'm a and it's just one long shot, he's just pummeling everybody in the way. Uh, that was a stand-up fist pump moment for me. I'm like, yes. It was one of those things like, because you see Mr. Knight in the – what first second episode or whatever it is and he's like bumbling he doesn't second episode and he doesn't know what he's doing he's bumbling and like kind of stuff and like oh you know that's not the mr knight i know and then you see this episode like that's the mr knight Mm. i know like going through you know especially when he fixes his suit up and gets the dust off and then (laughs) he still gets thrown through a freaking wall but you know look cool um, but even when he gets thrown through the wall disappears the next mark comes back you know with the um the dark the grapple thing and he comes flying back into him and yeah i just absolutely loved it and um yeah the the whole mr mike trudgeon fight uh just i i couldn't stop watching it i still can't stop watching it i just love it i just absolutely love it yeah i like that uh i like what you were saying chris about how he he knows how to fight now he's like he's the muscle memory like you were saying and i i actually enjoyed that he didn't lose the the steven factor um, you know, that was a big thing about Mr. Knight. You know, he's very serious in the comic books, you know. Um, but I, I enjoyed that it was still Steven. You know, Steven still has a personality. There, as much as he's not a real person, which we saw in episode five, you know, they're playing it up like he is a real person. Um, and we, we see that very much so when Mark goes back to get him um, in the sand. Um, and they kind of have like a hug it out moment, which is uh, yeah. a very, it's a, it's a very good scene. But you know they're they're playing it up like these are two real people, and it's not two real people. It's one person um, talking to a imaginary person that he uh, invented. So again, the logistics of it don't really hit for me. But that scene in the sand when Mark's talking to him, when he sets him free, and then they're you know Stevens dragging him. Um, and the Towerette comes by in her boat and she did, kind of does her thing. And Stephen turns and he says, yeah, hippo. You know, <laughs> it, it may, that, it, it, as much as I, like I said, like um, 
the, the this episode felt like it was very different. They didn't change Stephen, is what I'm it was what I was getting at in this episode. He's still Stephen up until you know the start of the episode and at the end, even though he he's added in the the fisticuffs, um, which I enjoyed. Aaron, what do you think about that uh, that scene in the sand when Mark goes back to get Stephen? He leaves leaves the uh, the field of reeds to to go back and get him. Yeah, see. Um... See, I love that scene, and it made complete sense to me. Like, because he's where Tyrant's like, you hear you're in the field of reeds, and then the next minute he's like, I'm so what I have to stay here, but you know, this guy that this persona I created to help me get through life has to sit there and die out in the middle of nowhere. He goes, I'm not good with that. So, even when he goes back and he, um, shares the heart with him, and he says, You know, you're my superhero, you know, you're something of that sort of um conversation it came to see that like that mark really needs steven in his life just to make him feel complete he needs he needs him uh psychologically he needs him because he built him as a protector and um i guess mark can't really handle that kind of side of him still so he needs steven there to to help him and to get through it and that's the first thing like um when it's all said and done they wake up in their bed Mark's there, and what's the first thing he says? He's like, Stephen, are you there? Because, you know, Mark, I guess Mark was a bit afraid. He's like, Stephen, are you there? And he's like, yeah, I'm here, kind of thing. So he's like, I don't know. For me, I just loved it when he went back. It's kind of like a brother. He's like a brother that he needed and then that he needs and he wants. And, um, yeah, I really did enjoy that sand thing. Crawling out for Roro again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Chris, Chris, what did you hate about the sand scene? Uh, that it happened. <laughs> I think, I mean, we've read the limit. We know what they were doing. They did the Lemire thing. Like, I don't need you guys anymore or whatever. I'm going to go on. They, they, they did a play on that. I think Mark should just walk through the doors. Stephen is dead. Walk through the doors. Then Stephen could have manifested, like in the book, that they were, they, they made us think they were adapting. Mark, you know, Stephen could have manifested as Mr. Knight as the fight was going on. Like, instead of that moment where Jake takes over for no reason and we don't see it, it would have been Steven. Like, Steven's back to help. That that was the thing in the Lemire run. Like, these are not people. They're just personas, yeah. and they're always part of Mark. He might see them get left in the sand, you know, quite literally. That doesn't mean that they are gone. They're him. You know, they're, they're part of him. That That's where I thought they were going with leaving Steven in the sand. Like, okay... Now Mark is balanced. He's one guy. He knows that he's not fighting. So going forward, like in the Lemire run that we've referenced a lot, and the, the show like kind of dangles in front of you, like, read the book, read the book. Well, now if you read the book, you're like, well, why didn't they do that? Because that's what happened in the book. The You know, Stephen and Jake just come back to him like, hey, Mark, we're still here. You might have banished us, but we're still here. So that's what I didn't like about the, the Duat scene there. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't read it as, as, as a, a negative way, like you're saying. But I did read it in a way that it was strange that he is going back to get him when he's not a real thing. Yeah. Uh, um, so I, I, I get you that way. Um, aside from that, like they they come through the they come through the doors and they're they're kind of back at it again. And that's that's another thing that I again with the with the one episode. It's like they come through that door and then they just pick right up. Like there's no, I don't want to say a consequence, but there's no even a dialogue about it really. Um, like they come through the 
through the gate and they and then uh, Khonshu realize that Mark's back. Um, he escapes the fight with um, Amit and they just kind of strode off into the desert to have a conversation. Um, so I, again, Chris is saying Chris is 100% negative about this entire episode right now, even though he doesn't want to say it. Um, I, I'm trying not to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. overruled. Um, I'm not I'm not sour about the stuff in the episode. I just wish that it, they played with it a, a, a longer time, like spread it out over over two episodes or however way they want to do it. I just felt like it was too rushed. Um, like Mark and Steven, they come back and that's it. They're back and everything's good. Um, Layla's got a suit and she's good. And that's, that's the way it is. And um, the stuff with Arthur, like you were saying, um, Chris, like we never really saw how he was defeated. I assume Jake just kind of beat him over the head and, you know, burnt the whole, the whole, the town square to, to rubble and fire and brimstone, all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. It, it's very, it's very tough. And Chris, you mentioned it. A little bit about that scene where we get kind of shuttered back into the asylum with Dr. Harrow and, and Stephen. Let's talk about that one and the, maybe the purpose of what you what you thought that scene was, Aaron. I'm going to start with you. You know, how, how did you read that scene of, of Dr. Harrow in the, the bloody sandals? Um, and Stephen says to him, like, you don't know as much as you think you do. We get the, the we assume at, at, this, at that point that it's a Jake Lockley accent. You know, how, how did you read that scene, Aaron? Yeah, that's the, that was one of the scenes because in the, the the previous episode it was because of how confusing it was. We could sit there and make you know calls on what we believe it was, but then when they added it to this episode, it kind of threw me a bit. It's really the one scene that has me thinking, and even like today, I still think about this scene. Like I get why it's there. Like, I get the idea of why it's there for mm-hmm. us to realize that it's all not real. But where does that scene fit in terms of where we're at? Um, because just trying to think when it, when it came into effect, what was the scene prior to it? Do you guys remember before this scene appeared? It was right after they put uh, Ahmed into Harrow's body. And, and Mark gets, well, seemingly they get freed. Right. Because one, th- one thing I started thinking about is that um, maybe the Arthur character was um, Conchu, in effect. Like, hear me out here. <laughs> I like this one really that we're about to go on. <laughs> okay. I think the, the Arthur character in that scene might have been sort of like a conchu manifestation in a sense that if you think about the scene in the last episodes and then this episode well the last episode purely that arthur character wants to make them become one make them become whole um so obviously because prior to that there was that Mark and Stephen not knowing what's going on, there there was chaos within him. So then, in other words, Conchu had to deal with chaos. So maybe Conchu's manifested throughout the Harrow character to try and get these guys as one. So he at least has that one avatar that's not so batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, and the end when they're as one heart, as one person, that's when they they realise that the whole situation's not right. And um, it's not real, sorry. And then they 
fall backwards, leader gators. That's one way I'm trying to compute it. I mean, I've got to watch it a few more times to try and un- completely understand it. But that's one part of it that I actually enjoy right now for myself. I like being tested like that. I mean, be it, be it sort of if it's a, a stupid scene that's not edited properly, continuity issues and all that, if I was to find out that's the case, that's fine, you know, shame on me. But if there's something more deeper, like characteristically deeper and through the plot that has a, a meaning to it, that's one I like. I think that's back in a really – it's making me think. It's making me – it's not make, It's not sitting there feeding me going, you know, here and here and here. I am actually have to sit back and think, you know, why is it there? What's the meaning of it? What's the point of it? Is it con- is it a is it a conscious manifestation? Because he wants them two to become together so he can have at least total control over the one body, which he kind of has at the end. Which, you know, Conchi still, you know, little smartass. He knows where he's playing. Mm-hmm. You know, they th- they think they've got Conchi, but Conchi's got them. So, Conchi uh, always which wins. I lo- yeah, Conchi always wins. Which I loved. I love that scene, by the way, um, where he's like, "Yeah, sure, I'll give mm-hmm. you." I'll give you your freedom. Sure. You too. <laughs> not Jake. <laughs> Jake's not getting the freedom. Um, but um, yeah, so as confusing as my answer was then, that's kind of where I sit with that scene altogether. What did you think, Emmett? What did you, what did you make of it? I have no idea. Um, oh, also, I, I, Chris? All, 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 I, yeah. <laughs> all I got from it was an acceptance that, you know, Stephen and Mark and I guess like, I get, and, and what's even more confusing is Jake was in there. I didn't understand why Steven is talking. There's no real blackout scene like we've seen. There's just switches between the voices very quickly, between the New York accent and Steven's accent. I don't even think Mark's there. I don't. I didn't notice the, a Mark accent or a Mark demeanor that Oscar Isaacs was doing. So I didn't understand the the logistics of, you know, Steven and Jake being in there with the, and th- that was the and that's the only time that we've heard that Jake voice is also in that room with Doctor Harrow. So I don't know why. And like you're saying, Aaron, I like that we have to think this. And in an episode that's pretty much, um, you know, balls to the wall action, stupid action in some cases, good action in some cases, this is the only one that feels like the, very much like the previous episode, uh, where the, um, the Asylum episode and the, in the la- latter half of the Tomb episode. Um, so uh, it was oddly placed in, a, in, a, in an episode that was so full of action to then take us back quickly to the confusing stuff. Um, but I like that it's there because because of what you're saying, Aaron, that it, you have to think about it. I just don't know. And maybe it more more rewatches will help. Um, I don't know if it will or not, but I don't I didn't get the logistics of it. And I don't know. And I didn't understand why it happened at that time. Like what what is the acceptance of Mark, Stephen and Jake have to do with Bloody Sandals, Ned Flanders? Um, I didn't understand why that mattered. Um, Chris, how did you read it? Not, not if you liked it or not. We know you didn't like it, but um, <laughs> maybe, maybe just, maybe just, how did you read the scene? What did you think was happening in the scene? Um, <laughs> I, so I was pretty confused on this one. I actually didn't hear Jake at all, but mm. maybe that, that's that might just be me. Also, I was I watch everything with subtitles. Um, I don't know. I just kind of do that, and mm-hmm. it, it says Mark and Steven, so I never even thought it would okay. be Jake in that one. Um, plus, I think w- when we thought it was Jake in, I believe, episode five, it, yeah. it was a whole demeanor, facial expressions and everything, if I remember correctly. But with this one, I just saw it was Mark and Steven, and 
like their conversation, I I appreciate. It. I like that, and I like the idea that Aaron's that Aaron has that it might be a conscious manifestation. That's really cool. Even if it is just supposed to be Harrow, and this was like them mentally defeating, like Harrow was their mental enemy as well, and they defeated him there too. I like it if it plays that way. Um, I, I, I actually don't hate this. Thing. I hate the placement of it. <laughs> and then the the thing that throws me, like really throws me, is the line Stephen says, or maybe it was Mark. I, I think it's Stephen though. We'd rather go save the world. Mm-hmm. But just before that, you were freed. Yeah. So what are you talking about, Stephen? With a V. Mm-hmm. I don't. That that confused me. But you know, and, and then there's other strange things in the show. Like we've talked about it that hint that maybe this isn't real, but then there's stuff that makes you think it is real, and the placement of this particular scene just throws it completely off again. Because originally what I thought from uh, the previous episode going into this one is that the Duat was real. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Duat, do it, Duat, the boat. I, I thought, yeah, I thought that was real, and then all the asylum stuff with Harrow in the room was Mark's head. You know, that was him kind of losing himself in his own head for a minute while they while they were, you know, on this boat to the field of reeds. That's what I assumed. But then when you you know you, you look at it this way, I don't think that fits anymore. So I'm just confused. <laughs> I'm very confused about what this scene meant. And the placement is what really gets me. I feel like it's in the wrong spot. I, I kind of feel like this should have played right after they walk through the doors. Yeah. That to me is where this should have been because then you get that cool scene of, the, the, by the way, this scene was badass. When Mark wakes up and the bullets come out of him like the crow, that was so yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, you get to that conversation. I think that would have flowed so much better. That's I guess that's my thing with it. It's oddly placed. Because if you would have went from Kanchu freeing them directly to where Mark wakes up in the flat, okay, cool. Totally get it. They didn't do that. It's 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 a weird place to put it. Cool scene though. I mean I don't have a problem with it. Just the placement. So yeah, I, I, it, well, that, it, the way Chris is saying it makes total sense. Yeah, it does. Um, so, it, so that's an interesting way of how they how they put it together. Um, so let's talk about the scene before the Doctor Harrow scene, where um, you know they got uh, Arthur on the I don't know what it is a slab of rock and um, Moon Knight Mark and um, Layla um, are doing some kind of weird ritual. I don't know how they know how to do that, but that's fine. Um, so they're doing it and they're putting. But yeah, well, who's uh, Kanchu and Tawet? Yeah, I think that was them controlling the the two. All right, fair enough. Um, so they put Amit back inside uh, Arthur's body because that's how they think they can kill Amit by putting him mm-hmm. by putting her inside of a human body. So then they do that, and Mark's just about to, you know, he's got his uh, crescent um, dart handheld, you know, brass knuckles thing, just about to do it, and then Layla gives him the what's for, saying you have a choice. Um, which I thought was a very good line. I thought it made total sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Conchu again in Mark's ear, um, just like he's he was in Mark's ear, I think in the first episode uh, when they were in the little town there. Um, so yeah. Conchu's right there. I love the I love the uh, you have a choice scene, and they play it up like um, you know Conchu says Amit and Mar- uh, Arthur could get released again, and that was the whole battle between Amit and Conchu is 
they're very Amit thinks they're very much alike, but Conchu says you judge people before they've done anything. I judge people after they've done um, proven that they are bad people. Um, so the, in this sense, it's almost like Mark Spector is giving Arthur Harrow and Amit a second chance, mm-hmm. which I thought was strange considering everything that we've seen so far. And we, I guess we find out what happens to Arthur Harrow, but you know, to be a supervillain to basically take take over Egypt, release a god suck the souls from you know whoever however many people and they just put them in a you know a low security um mental institution that's neither here nor there but how do you guys think about this choice that mark makes um the choice not to kill the choice not to be conchu's avatar anymore because literally after that he says you release me now i don't want to do this anymore and i i said that i think in one of our episodes where mark doesn't like what he's doing he doesn't like who he is when he's moon knight he doesn't want to kill people we see that in the cafeteria kind of scene in episode five with all the dead bodies. Um, so what do you think about Mark's choice um, to not kill, to not, you know, to not judge um, Arthur Harrow? I think it was a big um, a statement to a certain extent. Like he was going to do it. He was about to do it until Layla stepped in and gave mm-hmm. him like the, the realization of like, you don't have to do this. And then, like you just said, Emma, it's one of the things he'd never wanted to do anyway. Like he 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 did the agree with Kongju when he was dying the feet. But as it's went along, he he never liked doing it. And now he has that opportunity where he doesn't have to do it anymore. And Kongju wants to make him kill this one last person. Where uh, of the understanding that Armit's stuck inside him now. So I look, I don't know if she can get out again. I wouldn't have the first clue. I mean, that's obviously a story arc that will have to be written if that's a possibility. Um, but I'm going to go with the fact of the, the assumption that she can't get out again. So if there's the fact that she can't get out again and she's stuck inside him, then the threat's over. The threat's done. You know, that that threat of him doing anything anymore, like the, the stick's broken, the, his little frigging... You know, mm-hmm. Gandalf sticks broken, so that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> and um, yeah, so if in the end that's it, the sticks broken, she's trapped inside of him. He's no threat anymore, in the sense that there's no point to kill him, sort of thing. Just get he can just die off in an asylum somewhere, and then obviously you got Conchu saying no, kill him. I want you to kill him. So mm-hmm. and he makes that the superhero choice, which is my my superheroes. We do, they don't kill, you know. We do not kill, and um, he made that choice. But obviously, Conchu knows that he can ask someone else to do it for him. So that's why he was pretty okay with it. He's like, all right, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just ask Jake. <laughs> He'll do it for me. Conchu has the advantage of having you know, three person owner personas that we know of right now to call upon if he had to. I mean, two of them clearly don't want anything to do with him. But the third one, obviously, by the looks of it, has no problems. So, um, so with Stephen making that decision, I get why Stephen made that call and I get um, why he left him alive and I get why Conchu just allowed it because, you know, Conchu is always one step ahead of him. Chris, what do you think? Uh, I like He hated it. <laughs> no, I didn't hear that. That was um, Mark not killing him to me was one of the most comic accurate aspects that they did in this episode because Mark doesn't kill usually unless he really has to or he just feels that they deserve it. And in this case, he knew, like like Aaron said, Harold's going to die with Amit 
living inside him, so it doesn't matter. There's nothing that can be done anyway. Just let him be miserable. <laughs> you know, it's done. So, um, yeah, I like that he he spared him, and I, I like the scene itself. And I like I said earlier, Layla is the better Marlene because Marlene wouldn't have, would not have even been in that room. You know, no, no way. This is the better version. She's she's not a hands-on character like that. Oh, okay. she would have been more like the damsel in distress kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas Layla is more like the the rough and tumble version of her, and I really prefer that. I think I said I hope Layla gets translated to the books. Bring her in. Yeah, I want her in. Yeah, I yeah, want to see Layla adapted. Well, bring her own running, man. I'll read the shit out of that. You know, yeah. She gets her own, her gets her own line. God damn. Call it the Scarlet great. Scarab. I mean, that's what the yeah, thing is based on anyway. Let's do that. Foggy, I know you're listening, Foggy. Do it. I think he is. And if he is, I'm sorry. But it is what it is. Um, <laughs> if, if he is, he turned us off a while ago. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, no, I like the scene. I like the choice. I thought it was cool. I liked the um, the visual of it. I, I didn't mind that they magically knew the spell because I think it was an avatar thing. Like when they go in the room and they talk, I, I think that's what it was. They have a lot of cheats like that. They can do a lot of cheats like that. Like, yeah, if, if it's anything like that, it's kind of like with the, the symbiotic suit, like even the flying, um, like you were saying, Emmett, like how did he get there? I think that because if you remember, Conchu disappears, and I think he just appears where Mark is. Mark's getting out the tomb. Yeah. So, and that's where Conchu appears, and it's the daylight. So it's still a day, and um, what I liked about that shot during the day, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but that suit looks fucking amazing. Even in the daylight, it looks so good. <laughs> it looks so good. I'm just sitting there going, oh, my God. Um, to the point that, you know, it's like how to get the car, and Conchu makes it duck, so he can give him the power to propel him there. So to try and just leave your mind and go, right, I believe all this is going to happen because it's Egyptian gods. I believe that they can talk like Egyptian. And I mean, they had the blood spell coming out of their hands. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, and the question is, how do they know the spell? I mean, they've got stuff coming out of their hands and they've got a, an Egyptian god going into the mouth of Arthur Harrow. I mean, by this time, if the question is, how do they know the spells going through the mind? I mean, there's, there's a lot more batshit craziness happening around them to more question than yeah that so i can just i just ride with it so that's fine with me there was kaijus and a talking hippo <laughs> yeah kaiju thing is a bit weird i don't know, I don't know what's going on hippo was, <laughs> the <laughs> idea of the kaiju fight was weird but i love the way it looked um oh it looked amazing specific scene where Amit's um leaning up against the pyramid and conchu's got his spear spear or whatever and he jabs it right into her like, like holding it over her neck um, I thought that was a great scene. I thought it looked pretty good too, um, oh. considering the the funky kind of CGI stuff we've seen. Considering it was a giant crocodile um, and a giant, you know, bird uh, skeleton type of guy fighting, I thought it looked fairly good. And there's that one scene where um, Moon Knight's laying on the ground and Arthur is walking towards oh. the screen, and in the background yeah. you you see them. Mm -hmm. I thought that we, I thought it was a cool looking scene. Yeah. Um, you know, the idea of it makes. You know, no sense. But at this point, at a certain point, you have to say, you know, we're talking about, a, 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 you know, gods and, you know, yeah. skeletons and, you know, talking hippos. Um, but my issue with it is just in, in line with the rest of the season. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, it's the only time we've seen it, it's, you know, and, and we, it's very rushed. We see Amit for the first time and all of a sudden she's a thousand feet tall. 
um, fighting. So that that's neither here nor there. But I like the scene. I like the idea of the fighting. I thought it looked really good um, with the kaiju uh, kaiju fight. Um, just a little a little misplaced, I think. Yeah, it looked amazing. Like it, mm-hmm. and um, like I said, like you said, sorry, Emmett. Yeah, when the avatars are fighting, you got them in the background fighting as well. Mm-hmm. It just looked so good. You know like what? I said, I, um, oh, sorry, go ahead, Aaron. No, I was just going to say there. Yeah, the whole <laughs> getting bigger thing. Uh, I, there's got to be some. Yeah, there's got to be something more that I has to be. There just isn't. Like when when I was getting all the souls and she was getting bigger, I'm like, okay, she's getting bigger because she's eating souls. I'll, I'll go with that. Mm-hmm. But then when Conchu got big, I'm like, how do you get big? <laughs> what? <laughs> I get I get Armit doing. Okay, I can go with Armit doing it. Like if she's eating, like if we all eat, we get big. She just gets tall. Fine. Um, but yeah, when Conchu did it, I don't, I didn't understand it. But then they fought, and I thought hey, it looks good. Talking about it now, it kind of reminds me of like when you play a, a fighting game and the backgrounds are always like really busy and, and cool. Mm-hmm. There's always something going on. It's like you'd have Moon Knight and Hero and then the background would be these kaijus. That's just kind of uh, like like Moon Knight Fighter 7 or something. <laughs> 7. <laughs> Moon Fighter 7. Yeah. It would be cool to so, keep them in that, like, that, little, that little god realm where they were fighting to start off with, I guess. That would have been cool. Because that was a pretty nifty fight, you know, when she's throwing him around and he's disappearing and then reappearing. And yeah, know, that was very. I, I, like, I, that, liked, I like that part of it. Yeah, I would have liked if the. I think the whole fight, even with Moon Knight and Hera, was contained in the pyramid and they were all together. That would have been like chaos. It would have been. Yeah. It would have been fun to watch. But you need that threat of all those souls being taken away. Yes, yeah, you did have to have that. So you need, yeah, you need to elevate that threat of yeah people dying. Nice game. And then, did you see cool. the um, Mister Knight fight? I got to. I just got to bring this up because I showed it to my my mates, and you could probably watch it yourself. Uh, when he he hits those two at the start, and then he continues to run, the first guy he hits, he's not even looking at him. He doesn't have a gun or anything. I don't know if he's clocked some civilian or something. I have no idea because <laughs> he's literally. The yeah, the wheelchair guy. This is, this is, but the guy, if you have a look, if you have a look, the guy's just sitting there and he's looking at the wall. Could be like a menu or something. And he just turns his head and Mr. Knight just clocks him with a truncheon. And then he goes on and all the other guys have guns and all the um, baddies are actually <laughs> facing Mr. Knight. I just, when you watch that scene again, just watch for that first guy. After he takes out those two, as he, I think it's Layla that takes out two, sorry. Yeah, it's Layla that takes out uh, Yeah, Layla. I think Layla goes first. And then he's running. The first guy he clocks wasn't even... I think he was just a civilian just standing there. Watching the chaos. Really yeah. <laughs> These guys are going crazy. <laughs> this is amazing, clock. <laughs> so after the kind of the choice scene that Mark um, gets, and then after the Dr. Harrow scene, Mark wakes up in, in Stephen's apartment. Um, he's tied to the post again. They're both there. They're both accepting of each other and talking to each other. Mark goes to run or walk away from the bed and he falls and um, slams his face on on the floor and kind of sighs that, you know, nothing has changed or, you know, I got a sense that as much as uh, the acceptance that they have, there's still an underlying issue um, with them. Obviously, they're tied to the post somehow. And again, more of this, I don't know why it's it's happening. It doesn't make any real um, sense to me it didn't make sense to me why they're still tied to the bed it didn't make sense to me that they woke up in the bed i i didn't really understand the scene to, can somebody help me with it or is it just a weird scene and and that's how the episode ends also 
it ends with Mark sighing and like kind of grumbling that he's tied to a, a post. Aaron, you look like you're ready to to, to school me on it. So yeah, <laughs> for me, how did you read the how did you read the final scene before the credits? For me, it's Jake. That's why they're tied because they've still got they had something happen when they're fighting in Egypt that took out all those people and killed all those people and had Harrow. So there is there is another question there. So I feel like Stephen and Mark are still tying themselves to the bed because of Jake to a certain extent to maybe prevent, because they've still got answers they need to have in regards to that. Um, and they had two goldfish as well. So, mm -hmm. I don't, yeah, there's two goldfish in there. But, um, yes, I believe they were still tying themselves down because of the Jake influence, because there there's another persona in there doing some damage, and both Stephen and Mark are aware that they, they did the whole usual wake-up after a bad dream. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's what I thought. Chris, how did you hate this scene? Uh, well, um, <laughs> since you asked, since you asked let's, let's try to get to chapter 27. Um, yeah. I just thought this was a weird one because I don't understand it. I just didn't get it. And then to make things weirder, it plays that song again, like the first time yeah. we meet them. And the song, Lonely the Man Without Love, you're not alone anymore. He says as much, I think, at some point. You have Stephen, and I'm assuming Layla is around. Is she there? Is it in That's, that's the biggest book thing. Ending. It's a book end. ending. Yeah. So. The director said don't trust an unreliable narrator when it came to Layla, which adds to the fact, what did we just watch? <laughs> was it yeah. real or was it not? But I like your speculation that it was because of Jake. I think that's pretty solid. But I, that, that to me kind of is the problem with the finale in a, in a nutshell. Instead of answering certain questions, it just created more. Whereas I'm okay with, you know, thinking about things and trying to figure this out. But when there is no way to a clear answer, it's just frustrating. It's like a Rubik's Cube you can't solve. So you just keep turning and turning. But there's like one, I don't know, like black dot in a sea of red. And like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do with this thing? Mm -hmm. that's kind of yeah, how see, i that's, feel yeah that's the that's the problem that's probably the problem with this that i can i can kind of agree with chris with there is a lot of questions that needs a season two mm -hmm. it needs a season two to answer i mean especially the the blackout the jake blackout scene in the fight I laughed when it happened in the sense of like, you son of a bitches, how could you do this to us? Because <laughs> I was literally going, here comes Jake, here comes Jake, here comes Jake. And then it does the blackout. I'm like, you son of a bitches. I thought it was very clever. I hated it. I loved it. I thought it was very clever to do it. If, if there's a payoff. Mm -hmm. And right now we do not have a payoff. The only payoff we have is right at the end where Jake's there pushing um, Arthur out. That's the only semi payoff we have because we actually finally get to see him, but we don't get to see him communicate with the two other personas. So there's no payoff in that. So as a scene itself, with the whole blackout thing, I get it. It was well done. It's a callback um, to obviously episode one and all that kind of stuff, and it made me laugh. But if there's no season two, if we look to the future and there's no, it will piss me off. I'll be. I'll definitely be in Chris's camp. But right now, 
<laughs> it'll come. Um, but right now, for what it is, I could see why they did it, and it worked for me. As long as we get a payoff in the like a seasons coming up, if we get one. One of the big things that I didn't like by the end of the episode was the fact that we don't see Layla again. In that we get her in that room doing the thing to put Arthur and Ahmed away, and then that's it. We don't get another scene between, even another scene, you know, right afterwards between Mark and Layla embracing each other. They embrace each other a little bit. I think Mark even calls her baby at one point. You know, um, Layla asks, how, how did you come back? And all that kind of stuff. I needed one more. I needed one more scene between the three of them, I guess you'd want to say. Um, just a, like a talk or, um, you know, and um, what to do now or where do you want to go now? What do you want to do? Something. Just to, and and how is Layla going to continue on as, as with her avatar and how how is that in the suit and I needed just one more with Layla and you know Aaron's talking about um, you know if 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 we don't get a, a season two at this point we said that you know for episode five if some of this stuff doesn't get paid off by episode six I think we're beyond that point now we're, like we're, there's a finality to the season mm-hmm. the season's over and and things. Things haven't happened. Things didn't. I'm already happen. pissed. Yeah, Chris. Chris is, is going to talk about this little girl. Um, we're, I don't want to get to that just yet because I do want to talk about the after credits. <laughs> um, it is coming. Yeah, so let, let's let's talk about the after credit scene. You know, we we um, we see Arthur Harrow in um, in, a, in an institution. Um, it's it's obviously different than mm-hmm. the one that Mark goes to. It's not as white. Um, it looks much more normal. It's a very strange thing. We look in his cup and there's sand. He thinks there's sand in there. It gets poured out and there's, you know, coffee in it or whatever. Um, and then uh, an orderly comes up and says, you know, it's time, time for bed. And then a guy comes up with gloves on and he's speaking a different language for some reason. I'm sure you guys can help me out here or not. Um, and he, he takes, he, <laughs> and he takes uh, Arthur Harrow and he starts wheeling him out and there's, um, I don't want to say dead bodies, maybe they're dead bodies or yeah. just bodies yeah, knocked yeah. out. Um, and he puts Arthur, uh, in, in the, you know, the Spectre mobile or in the land, uh, <laughs> the limousine. Was um, Bentley, it was, and, like they had some money on that one. It's a Bentley limousine. That was awesome. Yeah, that was, yeah, that's a big purchase for sure. Um, Conchu's in there. Uh, yeah, Conchu rolls, man. Human-sized Conchu, and we and we get to see Jake Lockley. He says Jake Lockley for the first time, um, and we assume that he – well, we not assume. He shoots Arthur Harrell, a whole bunch of gunshots. So it's the big reveal of the third personality, Jake Lockley. Chris, you initially said that you liked this scene mm-hmm. um, in, a tweet, in a tweet that I saw. Um, so expand on it. How, how did you feel about the first official, real Jake Lockley? And you know, obviously, we've seen different in, um, incarnations of our characters so far. Stephen Grant is very different. Even the Mark Spector we've seen is very different. This Jake Lockley speaks. I don't know. I, I don't even know what it is. It's Spanish. 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 Okay. And it, which is even more strange for the teases we get of Jake. There's a New York accent. Or a different kind of accent. Why is? Eh. Anyways, Chris, talk about it. I didn't understand the scene at all. I actually didn't like the scene. Oh, I, I saw. I like the. I like the human size conchu. Um, I like that. Um, but I, I found it. I, I found it pointless. I found it. You know, just a, a a super nod that didn't make any sense. And just like Aaron is saying, without more context, the scene is is just. I, I found it. I found it pointless without without more. And I get it's an after credit scene. But it, it just didn't do it for me. Chris, what do you think? 
I thought it was an absolutely beautiful sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the sand thing is strange. And again, what the hell is going on? But whatever. Seeing him get wheeled out. And when you wheel past like that, you can see the office room. And that guard is clearly dead because there's a pool of blood. You know? <laughs> um, I don't know if there was more, though. But I just remember the one. Maybe there was more. But that guy was dead. And, like, you're kind of thinking, is this Jake? What is this? Mm. And then you see the car. It's like, oh, shit. What is this? And the, <laughs> the hospital is called, um, I can't pronounce his name, that R.S. Bill Sikowitz. He draws, the, a lot of, yeah. he draws a lot of Moon Knight. A lot of yeah. it. And yeah. the, the, his name was on the hospital. That was cool. And then I saw the, the man himself, Khonshu in a suit. <sighs> And I am one for dapper villains. <laughs> I cannot explain the love I have for that look. And I hope they have a Funko Pop and an action figure of him in that suit. I need it, and I need it today. And then it got even better because I like the dialogue between Harrow and Contra because Harrow's kind of like, he's he's a little obnoxious, like, hey, you can't do nothing. He's doing like the hand motion, like you're talking yeah. too much. And then we see Jake speaking Spanish with the gun. I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is Jake Lockley. This is awesome. So I love this scene. I thought it was really cool, really well done. I think the only reason he speaks Spanish or he's Hispanic in this version is to help differentiate Mark is American, Stephen is English, this one is Hispanic. So that way you don't right. get confused just by a different accent. I think that's why. But um, it doesn't explain why. I, that had to be Jake in episode five. It, it doesn't make sense for it to be Mark. So I don't understand why this is the way it is. It, it kind of feels tacked on. Like they knew they had to give us something. Um, and I mean, the payoff is, is up to you, whoever, whatever you think about it. But I did love the sequence for what it is. I thought it was very cool. Also, the license plate is Spectre. Yes. Aaron, what do you think? Um, yeah, um, I'm kind of on the same board of Chris here. Uh, the the killing of the orderly, I that was the first part. I was like, oh, it's a bit weird, because for me, like, Conchu only punishes those who have done wrong. You know, unless this, unless this guy's done something completely wrong. I mean, I don't know if he deserved to, you know, get killed. Maybe knocked out. But but I think he's definitely, like you are saying, Chris, I think he's definitely dead because of the pool of blood that's around him and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what Conchie's got against people with wheelchairs. So <laughs> he's definitely got an issue with wheelchairs in general. Because <laughs> so, Jake does give it, you know, it could have been a subtle push, but Jake has to give it a good old kick to push it over, which looked cool. The Concho effect looked really good. I think was I would say that would go that was practical. I believe that was practical because if you have a look, um, I've seen it a couple of times. When Concho announces Jake, he turns his head and you can see around the neck area that it's not his floating head. It looks like a rubber kind of neck kind of line. It's really dark, so you probably can't see it. So have another better look when you see it. So I think that whole scene in with Conchu in the car is practical. That's a big throwback to obviously the Lemire run where he's, you know, um, Conchu in the suit kind of thing. And he looks, so, and I like the way the suit, um, the suit looks like Stevens. So if you're, if I'm going with that, if I'm going with that just off this season, not looking at the Lemire run and all that, if I'm going with that, it's kind of like you had um, Ahmet 
tell him that, you know, time hasn't been well for him. So I was like, all right, he's going he's to steal someone mm-hmm. else's look. And so who's he steal? Steven's look. He gets Steven's dapper look to, to go with him, So which I thought was cool, which Conchie obviously, Conchie secretly loves Steven, even though he treats him really bad. I think he really loves him. But um, the Jake reveal, I was excited to see Jake. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, and obviously, yeah, once again, um, as I was mentioning before, Conchie wanted Conchie wanted Arthur dead. You know, he wanted Arthur dead. He knew Mark wasn't going to do it. He knew Stephen wasn't going to do it. But he knew Jake was would do it because Jake's obviously the one, the worst one out of all three of them, clearly with just killing randomly within this uh, world. So that's why Conchie was quite easily, would easily let them two go. Um, so Arthur in the back, Jake, the Jake reveal, the Spanish did throw me. Um, just like you guys were saying, because there are characteristic personas that we have seen previously that are different to Mark and Stephen that have an English accent, like we're saying, a bit more of the New Yorker kind of twang to it. Maybe that was a different character altogether. This is one of the things. This is one of the cheats. This is one of the cheats you can do with Moon Knight. I mean, it, it happens once he, in the Lemire run, <laughs> it happened once he, he did the, the fourth one that appeared, and they didn't they didn't name him. I don't think. Um, no. So that could be a possibility. One of the one of the things that I don't like. One of the things I try to avoid as much as I do um, is that if I don't understand something. One of the things I try to try to not to avoid is try and have the director tell me, kind of thing. Like if I have to read an article afterwards or something like that. Like if I do, I'm like fine, but I don't want it to ruin my thought process. And that's what's kind of happened with this Spanish part throughout it. I don't know if you've read this, um, but when um, they're talking, and apparently it was Oscar Isaac improv on the day, so. Um. Yeah, on the day itself, Oscar just decided to bring his Spanish heritage into it. So he did that off a cuff and within the scene, kept it in. And I'm like, so previously, without not knowledge, I'm like, oh, why Spanish and all that kind of stuff? And then when I hear, read that and hear that, I'm like, well, that doesn't make kind of sense if you're going to have some sort of continuity between the characters. Unless it's some really cool yippee kaye thing he likes to say in Spanish prior to killing somebody. <laughs> You know, um, and then the rest of it's in New York. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I to piece have... those two together. Well, it just confuses me because of what we saw in episode five. There, there was no way that it could have been Mark or Steven, and he does not no. sound like this. And for that to be just a random persona, I mean, that works. But I don't know. I think I like it better to see if that's Jake and maybe, I don't know, maybe you just feel Spanish some days. Like there's something cool he says in Spanish. Like, yeah, have you ever the devil and the pale moonlight kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing maybe. I don't know. But he, he said that orderly too. Didn't he, didn't he speak Spanish with the orderly too? Yeah, yes. and that that's the confusing thing. I there's no point to it. And they're in London. Mm. Is that? I couldn't tell where that was. I yeah. saw like the yes. whatever that is. The my brother-in-law's British. My brother-in-law's British that we have the watch party with. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, that's London. <laughs> London. Why am I saying London. it like that? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I, it, that that kind of was another confusing thing. It's in London. Why? I guess. Well, I guess that's where Harrow's um, ruined palace thing was, anyway. That's where Mark and Stephen are. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a central location. I just they took him I, home. I, I don't get it. He's a he's I a get criminal. Why he had to die? I get why, yeah, he, why he had to die. Why is he? Why is why is he there? Yeah, but why is the Joker in Arkham all the time? That's guarded place. There you have you can't walk in there. That's and true. There's a little. There's not a little girl there, and he, and you say, "Oh no, I'm going to take him," and then she just she just walks away. Why did she let him? Th- why did she let him go? Why was there sand in his cup? That he saw sand in his cup. That was Arthur's projection. I, I, it, it just it was it was, I just didn't I didn't like it. Okay, Chris. You hate you hate everything. I can't hate one Completely thing. Completely fair. I'm, I'm just saying none of it makes sense. I'm just saying none of it makes sense. I'm with you. Arthur had to die. They revealed Jake. That's all you need to know. Okay. I, but is, I do like that. And like and I, I said I didn't but like I get the whole the scene. Setting, I do the like that. Yeah. I, I do like that scene where you know Arthur is talking and he says you can't do it, and I like that Jake Lockley turning around and shooting him. I just it, it's no different than what happened in the rest of the episode. Some cool things happened in that scene, but I don't know why it happened. It doesn't make logical sense why it happened. And 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 without yeah. a season two, if this is the end of Moon Knight, so okay, I, I yeah, it's a fat, uh, grumble, grumble, um, a grumble, grumble. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Welcome to the okay. club. So, I'm with you. Okay. <laughs> Do we have anything else we want to say about this episode? Anything else that caught your guys' eye? Anything else that really bothered you about it? And anything else you want to chat about before we get into an overarching uh, Moon Knight uh, series talk? Um, Chris, do you want to talk about the suit that Layla gets at all? The Scarlet Scarab suit? Like her. Pre- <laughs> How did you look at that? Was that a Layla projection, like a Stephen projection? That's Stephen another projected thing. This no, no, I think Stephen. because Tarrant says, I have a perfect idea for a costume. So I think that's more like Mark's, um, what account you call it? His protection armor? Something like that? Yep. Something like that. I think that was just, that's that kind of thing. Tarrant, Tarrant, I can't pronounce it correctly. That's the suit she gives her. I don't think that was Layla's, okay, I'm going to be the Scarlet Scarab. Or I'm gonna be a scarab. I think that was just to, to because, ours. yeah, because the thing because when um her her dad used to call her the little scarab, mm-hmm. so it fits. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, fit. like you po- you tweeted that thing. Um, there is a scarab on Tawarit. Uh, Tawarit. There is Tawarit. one on her yeah. her costume, so it, it fits. And, and and plus there was a, is it episode four where the first thing we see is a scarab in the sand. The little golden one, yeah, yeah, he yeah. has that when he go. Well, no, we've seen that in episode one. We no, 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 not not the not the compass one. There was an actual like a bug or something. Oh, the bug. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, uh, well, I think it was foreshadowing. Is what I was getting at. I, I think, and plus they kept they mentioned her being called Little Scarab. So I'm, yeah. I like the costume. I thought it looked really cool. She does kind of resemble Hawk Girl. Um, Mr. C from the V forty nine was correct on that. <laughs> Uh, but I, I like the costume. I think it's cool, and I like the way she uses it. It just—it was fast. It was just too fast. Like she's instant superhero. Yep. Yep. And I, I didn't mind the line from that little girl, girl either. You're an Egyptian superhero. Yeah. yeah. I like that scene. I thought that was cool. Yeah. I, I, I like stuff like that. So, do you think it's like a uh, combination of both? You'd say a bit of a turret and a bit of a manifestation from Layla as well to for the suit. Um. Or just whole, the whole thing's just turret. Because it looked very. Because you sent that to me about is it? Um, oh, Cyrus, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, I think it was ISIS. Was it ISIS? ISIS. 
Yeah, there's a, another blurb from the director that said um, she was originally meant to side with ISIS or something. Which makes sense. Right, that makes Never more side sense. Never side with ISIS, man. Well, oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Egyptian ISIS. Um, yeah, it, it, makes, um, it makes a little bit more sense that way. And then, you know, but then you go back and you read how the hippo was included. They really wanted to find a way to use her. So I don't think she was tacked on, but I think the idea that that's who the avatar she became was tacked on. I don't like the, the if if what we read is accurate. I think it was originally supposed to be ISIS that recruits her, basically. But maybe they just liked the way Tarit worked out and the voice actress. Yeah, because if you if you look at it as a whole as a narrative, it kind of works out. The kind of works the way she looks because you know they they plant things on the way for when she ends up looking the way she looks is like okay well it kind of makes sense and all that but i know it's been something that's been online people have been yeah. a discussion about and i thought it's something we could just bring up and get your view on point yeah i've seen a lot of people um upset about layla for different reasons um mine of course are like it's just too fast and i really just wanted more moon knight so but the costume itself i like i like that she's an avatar now i thought that was cool i thought that was coming anyway um mm. I, I enjoyed it i i think the, the way that she like it happens is also uh it worked out well because she did it out of necessity it wasn't yeah. like a gift to her it's like okay i need to do this to help because she at that stage she didn't know steven was alive did she because that's why no. when the guy said you need an we need an avatar that's why she, she didn't know mark to... was alive either yeah she, needed Tara she didn't know, she didn't know they were coming back. Yeah. So she needed Tarot to, you know, so she can become an avatar in order to stop Arthur. Right. So so, so that makes sense for her to do She's that. on her own hero journey at that point. And then yeah. she just comes to and it's like, oh, Mark is here. Cool. He's flying. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. No, they, it was on the battlefield, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah, they the see John on the battlefield for the first time. Yeah. But it's and just then, like, um, I can fly too. <laughs> Yeah, the flying thing, like I said, once again, Egyptian gods. You know what I mean? I'm like, sure, okay. If you're going to make her fly, make her fly, whatever. You know. I yeah, her flying is fine. Like, she's got wings again. She looked cool. She looked She cool. did. She and looked really cool. She looked amazing. And they all get their own little – like, I know what you're saying when you said you want more Moon Knight, and yeah, I'm the same, but I think they all get their time. Although it seems a bit crammed, but at least, at least if we only get one season, they all got their time to shine. At least I'm not leaving – Moon Knight, oh, I'd love to see Layla, you know, her avatar kick ass. I got to see that. I got to see Mr. Knight do his thing. I got to see Moon Knight do his thing mm -hmm. as well. So even though it's minimal and it might be a bit crammed, at least I've got the damn see it. So if they, yeah. don't, if they don't ever – if Moon Knight goes away and we don't see Oscar Isaac ever again and all that kind of stuff, I'm, I think I'm more content that I can at least know that there's these – within this series, at least they covered majority of the, the cool fighting scenes that we got in the last episode. Yeah, like visually, yeah. Visually, in the last episode, we did get what we wanted. I can't, yeah. I can't disagree with that. We got what we wanted. We saw Moon Knight, we saw Mister Knight, and we even got Layla, which was a cool bonus. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I can't think of anything else apart from Arthur running down a. Come on, Arthur running down the pyramid. You, you're bound to fall over, right? In Crocs, <laughs> yeah. yeah, in Crocs, Crocs as well with glass. Yeah, I don't. I still don't understand why he needed Amit. His his, his magic Gandalf stick transformed without her being released. He doesn't want the power. He wants the 
he he agrees he agreed for what she wanted he agreed throughout the whole time it's like i don't know religious people you know it's what they you know it's their god and they have a chance to bring their god back to bring their god back regardless of the power well yeah that's I, I get that to but bring them back but he was still like doing the thing you know you're a good man i could see and i don't know it's just weird to me he was yeah. doing it for um he was doing it for her i just kind of all this thing yeah, okay. I, I'm just saying, I kind of wish in this final episode they made him feel dangerous. Because he, he just kind of didn't, I think. Even with all the power, the magic stick, this was the time to make him menacing. Like, more menacing than he's been, that calm kind of thing. I, I thought this was a chance to make him, like, like the warrant his presence, if that makes sense. Like, this is a real foe for Moon Knight. Because Mark is a killer. He's dangerous. He and even Steven became dangerous. This guy was only dangerous as long as he was holding the cane. You know? I, I don't know. Just a probably another name. No, no, I see it. I see it. It's kind of one of these things because we have him because so early within the piece, like in episode one or something, he was literally killing people. It was for yeah. Ahmet, but you know, you gotta to get to that sense of um, what what does he bring in terms of the final conflict in terms yes. of elevation? That's exactly so what I'm saying. Where, where he didn't, it did take three of them in theory to try and stop him. But um, yeah, I can see where you're coming from there. Once you knock the can out of his hand, he's just a guy in, in sandals. It's Kevin Bacon. It's, it's Kevin Bacon at Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. All right, guys, let's get into our overall thoughts on the season on the whole. And one of the questions I had leading up until season or episode six um, was, and I asked this to Chris, or said, said this to Chris, was the Jeff Lemire run the right way to adapt Moon Knight as the first TV show or Moon Knight in a TV show or the first entry of Moon Knight anywhere? Um, obviously I love Jeff Lemire. I love, we, we all love the Jeff Lemire Moon Knight run. It's, it's regarded as maybe the best run of Moon Knight ever. Was it the right way to tell the story? Obviously they made changes to it, but they could have made changes to any of the runs, mm -hmm. the Bendis run or the, the Hudson run or, um, the Ellis run. Was the Jeff Lemire run the right source material for our first entry into Moon Knight? I thought it was until we got to the final episode. The final episode, I, I, I really put a line that that I, I, I'm stuttering. Going into this, <laughs> I'm to put it together. Going to, I have a lot of emotion about this. Going into the final episode, mm -hmm. I knew everything would hinge on the way this sold and finished the story. And after seeing the way it finished and it's been presented to us and sold to us, I don't think Lemire was the way to go. I think this was a mistake in a way because they they cherry pick certain things and I love the things they cherry pick. Don't get me wrong. I loved episode four. I love episode five. But the changes that they made toward the payoff sections of those didn't line up with the payoff you get when you read that original source material. Now, changes are going to come. We all know this. We've accepted them 
we've swallowed the changes throughout this series. But the payoff is what makes a story worth it a lot of times. And so in the case of Lemire, the payoff is what made all that insanity you read worth it. Like, literally, there's space werewolves. There's the Egyptian gods. There's stuff where Mark is in the asylum with a, with a sheet over his head going ballistic. Yeah. And it works Mr. because... Knight's the, fighting, yeah. Mr. Right. Knight's fighting Moon Knight. Exactly. <laughs> and it works because of the payoff. And in this one, it didn't work as well. And they spent so much time getting you to like Steven and to love Steven that they forgot Mark is the dominant personality. Mark is a fully formed 3D character. They only let us have glimpses of who he really is in episodes um, three, some of four, and five. But even five, we're looking at Stephen's journey through Mark's memories. He's still the central point. If that makes sense. So, do you, so before Aaron, before you jump in, do you think they didn't adapt it enough, Chris? That they strayed too far away from the Lemire stuff? No, by adding no, the, the no, subtle no. changes. No, 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 uh, not 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 exactly. I think what they missed was the point of the Lemira and the payoff. That that's my issue with it. Aaron, what do you think? Do you think it would have been better if they just did it like the Bendis thing, um, more you know MCU? What the what the Bendis one would have been like? There would have been Spider Man, Wolverine, Captain America, um, or other superheroes. Um, do you think Lemira was the right way to go? If I'm, if Marvel was to come to me and say, "Hey, we're going to make a series of Moon Knight," you get one series. You know what? What do you want to base it on? What on what run? You know the Lemire runs the one that stands out the most, but the it's the best run. The problem with the Lemire run, um, it's like um, when when basically the best example is when I had my uh, brother-in-law and my be- one of my best mates come to me and they wanted to read Moon Knight. Like, where do I start? I don't point them to Lemire. Go, no, don't read Lemire first. You know, read Houston, read Ellis, then get to Lemire. So there you got a general idea. Get Bendis in there as well if you have to. So you get a general idea of the character. Now, this series obviously kind of worked for someone like myself because I know I have prior knowledge to all this kind of gear where a lot of people won't. So you said so a lot of the... A lot of the, say, negativity that I see online about this and, and what they're commenting, I, I, I do understand. I do understand where they're coming from. And then the same thing with Chris is like they took the best run, which I'm, I'm glad they did because the Lemire run is the best run. But the, the ending, obviously, if you're going to do the Lemire, do Lemire. You know what I mean? If you're going to do his run, do the entire run. Don't get to 90% and go, right, we're, we've got we've got to MCU this. Like, I still enjoyed the ending, okay? I still enjoyed the ending. Still thought it was great. I still loved it. But I get why when you've got this arc, this character arc, this character trajectory on a certain scale to then change it completely in a sense of the tone to a more of an action sort of adventure sort of thing um the thing with moonlight he's just such a complex character you know (laughs) he's just so like i said right at the start when we first started these these this podcast i mean you asked me a man and it's like i was surprised that they 
chose Moon Knight to make something because the, the question, that's the, the eternal question is where do you start? I mean, you can't start with the Houston run because he rips Bushman's face off. That's the it's first awesome. scene. It's awesome. It's awesome. He rips like, well, the first scene's yeah, he takes off Bushman's face. He's still dealing with his DID. But, you know, you start with that. You'd be like, you still have to tell that backstory of who he is and why he is. I mean, the series did it really well in episode five, you know, with the Joet going through all the different doors and all that kind of stuff. It didn't go all the way through it. But, you know, if you're starting with that run, you know, you got to talk about how he ripped someone's face off and who is his Bushman and who's he talking to. So you're still going to go down that same sort of path to try and to try and wrap it up. Uh, the Bendis run, uh, look, it probably would work, but the thing is, you're going to start, what characters do you use? You know what I mean? He, you can't use Wolverine. You can't use Spider-Man. You know, they're, they're, them two are out altogether. Captain America's gone, so you can't use him, although you possibly could because then it'll make it a bit weird. Um, unless you use, um, what's his face, Falcon? Well, Sam, Sam is Cap now, so you can use Cap. Yeah, I mean... There's too many. That I don't know if that would com- make it a bit more complex. Um, the Ellis run does, isn't actually a, a overarching run. They're just literally s- separate episodes mm-hmm. per in, per issue. So you know, you literally it's, every episode will be like um, Law and Order, whoever it is. You know, different story basically every single time. So if you're going to adapt, Lemire was the obvious one, but it uh, it did come with a lot of weight that you had to try and source through. And I think they've done the best they can with what they did, but it's a very, that's a very tough question to answer. And, you know, if it was the right run, it's either that or you, you completely do your own thing altogether with him. Like most writers do everything that every time they take over. Yeah. Well, that's what I was half wondering, um, you know, to play it safe. And I don't think they did that. They could have played it safe by literally showing a step-by-step, um origin of moon knight up until the end like like if if i pictured this season if they rearranged everything like the stuff we get in episode five uh with the um um, the origin um i wonder if we got that in episode one they could have done it so so many different ways but i I do like that they didn't play it safe um so let's talk a little bit more about that story so the first four episodes feel like one part episode five feels like another part and then episode six feels like another part feels like three parts in a, in a six six episode season how did you guys feel how it went from you know that very first scene and the you know the this steven in the museum like steven talking on the phone steven going on a date like it's, it seems so strange to talk about those things now like talk about the goldfish <laughs> problem it seems so strange to talk about the goldfish problem when we're getting a kaiju um egyptian god fight um so from you know episode one all the way to episode six chris how did you how did you like the overarching story of Mark, Steve, and Layla? Um, you know, can't you? How, how did you feel like the, it, it was it progressed well? Did it not progress well? How did you feel about just the story progression? Uh, you know, in hindsight, I see more cracks now than I did before, but that doesn't change the fact that I love episodes one through five. Mm-hmm. I mean, if nothing else, I still have those episodes to enjoy. And I, I do enjoy the action in six. So there's that, but the arc now looking back, to be honest, I do feel like they ignored Mark and they ignored mm-hmm. part of what makes the character special, including Moon Knight. <laughs> He's not really in the series. 
you know? Mm-hmm. So I, you know, again, hindsight, I would have liked more of a focus on Mark because I really feel like they just wanted you to love Steven and Mark is the add-on, which is, right. it's not, it should have been more even, I think, or equal, or just switch it. Mark is the one you need to be invested in. And even when he's in the, his suit, he has no personality in his own suit, whereas Steven is full of personality as Mr. Knight. And I think that's also a glaring thing now. Aaron, what do you think about the overarching story of, you know, the Mark Spector, um, Stephen Grant, um, you know, the whole thing, like I said, the, the small stuff, it seems like we started the season off with to end with absolutely ginormous, you know, thousand foot tall Egyptian gods Literally. fighting each other. Yeah. How, how'd you, how'd you feel about the, the progression of the story overall? I guess if you're thinking about being a writer, it's like sitting in that writer's room, I can only think them sitting there going, right, where do we, who, where do we start? You know, do we start with Mark or do we start with Stephen? Mark, if you start with Mark, obviously you're going to have to do the complete origin story, like we were just saying, Emmett, from, you know, in the sand and all that kind of stuff. But if you start with Stephen, you know, we get what we got now. Um, so I understand why they went in that direction. Um, I like the fact that it, it was, it, it's completely different. I guess that's the main, the main focus as well, is that it is different. If, if, if they're sitting there looking at this going, right, we can do an origin story with Mark, which most people have seen any any sort of origin movie it'd be very very much the same in terms mm-hmm. of the arc and all that kind of stuff where if we go with something like Stephen, we're going to do something different we're going to do something different that no one has ever seen before and as a creative i'm i can only assume that's what they've gone for it's like yes let's do something different let's not give them the exact same stuff they've seen before if it's going to be entertaining i'm not saying like they do a whole mark story it's going to be boring because mark story is not boring it's very entertaining um i just think they just went that little extra step going like let's let's go balls to the wall if we only got one season let's do something completely different and let's see if it sticks so um yeah and they 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 definitely went crazy with it and obviously it's just more they went with steven's this is Steven's origin. As much as, like I said, what Chris was saying, I want to see more Mark and more Moon Knight and all that kind of stuff. It's the understanding that this is, this is Steven's journey into a certain extent, even to the point of, oh, like, obviously we're at Crescendo's in episode five, but he comes back obviously in six. But, um, yeah, it's definitely his journey. Before we get into actors and uh, actresses um, to finish off the season, let's talk a little bit more about those cracks, Chris, because um, it is something that we've talked about and we talked about it um, continually, like weird things that happen. Layla showing up out of nowhere in episode <laughs> two. Um, obviously, Chris, you, you mentioned the little girl um, mm-hmm. in episode one. Um, and the, the whole idea that that seemed like the creators were playing on the idea of what is real and what is not. But then when we find out what is actually real or what we think or what we're, we're shown to be real, that it's kind of all real at all, it's all happening in some way. Um, the little things that we were noticing, like the goldfish, and um, I, I, I can't remember some of the other things that we talked about, that it seemed like they were trying to confuse us on purpose. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of it, we didn't get these, um, you know, the, a big reveal or a, um uh, an aha moment that that happened in some cases that happened 
but in some bigger cases it did not like chris i know you want to talk about this little girl and, and what she says to <laughs> in the museum it's it's a glaring one and so it's one of the first things that we see and one of the first big question marks in, in the in the entirety of the of the season is what happens in in, in episode one chris yeah, no, um, it is an issue for me because it just doesn't make sense. Because if you just look at it as, okay, she was just, you know, being a smart ass, okay, fine, I guess. But why? <laughs> what was the point of that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just foreshadowing, fine. But what's weirder to me actually than the little girl at this point is the other things that really are out of nowhere. Like um, Harrow is on the bus that's driving away. Then Harrow is magically deep in the museum. He's not at the entrance. He's deeper than than Stephen actually was, waiting for him in a room. You know, how? Um, there's that. There's stuff like you mentioned, the goldfish thing. So the, I guess Mark went and got the goldfish, sure. But still, it's that. It's who made the date? Why did the date happen? Was that Jake? Wouldn't if Jake is Hispanic, Stephen is not Hispanic. Hispanic Jake asks English lady at the gift shop at the museum, "Do you want to go on a date? I'm vegan, but I want steak." Yeah, it makes no sense. If Mark were doing it, Mark is American. It still makes no sense, but I would have bought that. Yeah, like okay, whatever. Um, there's just many inconsistencies that we don't get answered. The biggest one, of course, is the asylum stuff. Yeah. It just doesn't click anymore. It's still fun to Aaron, watch. You, I, yeah, I, 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 I think that's our, our general sense is, um, you know, there, aside from episode six aside, I think we all can be, you know, hands in the air, high-fiving each other that we all love episodes one through five. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris found more issues with episode six than me. I found more issues than Aaron, and Aaron se- seemingly likes it more than the the two of us, Chris, which is totally fine. We are um, Moon Knight. That, yeah. 100%. <laughs> um, so, Aaron, what did you think about the the overarching, you know, small little cracks or inconsistencies that, you know, maybe you uh, maybe you noticed in the entire season, or maybe stuff that didn't bother you that much? No, like I, but when I'm glad Chris went first there because my memory, <laughs> most things is just terrible. But when yeah. Chris started talking to Michael, I'm like, oh, yep, yep, not that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, it's either going to be one or two things for me. It's either A, they're there for a reason that I haven't picked up on it yet, that's really mm-hmm. clever, or B, it's just sloppy. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I still don't know where I land with that yet. Like like the little girl thing, like I'm sure after more rewatches, I'm gonna be seeing stuff going. Yeah, like the little girl thing is like, why would she say that? Why'd she say that? And why'd she say that, to Stephen? Where Stephen didn't go to the field of reeds, you know, he didn't. So it's like it is foreshadowing. It's is there more to it, or am I overthinking it? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's just. I don't look. I, it's hard to say where all this lands in terms of the, like, the little plot holes that we got going. As we we're watching it, as we we're going, it's like cool. Maybe like I think we had that hope of getting an answer of like mm-hmm. this is all going to tie in and make sense. And so when mm-hmm. we do the rewatches, we can we could put everything together and everything's going to be kosher and we're going to love life. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's not the case. 
because like episode six was a complete tonal shift. Um, yeah, it's 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 going to be either rewatches or hopefully a season two to hopefully answer some of these questions that I have issues with. Like even the dinner one that Chris said was like yeah, hundred percent like. It goes back to that he like speaks Spanish in the car, and when you read that, he just did it on a cuff. It's like you don't do when you've made a series like this that's so complex, that's so intertwined. If that is the case, you don't do shit off the cuff. You mm-hmm. can't. You can't just go off and do Spanish at the end and just throw people unless there's an absolute reason for it that that none of us three have seen. Then it's just it's stupid, it really is. It's 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 stuff that the filmmakers should have stopped and said, all right, do two versions, do you whatever Spanish version you want to do now, do this whole New York thing that we have been doing. So then it fucking links to the other two scenes that we've actually seen. Um, I don't know. I, I guess deep down, half of my gut is saying they've just done it just to throw us out of just complete enjoyment on their behalf let's just add this in so it confuses them even more right. so then they have no idea because this whole series is is maybe confusing yeah how mm-hmm. about Stephen just create the date and we just don't know who done it yeah they'll figure it out later and i'm but i hope that's not the case i hope they're not that lazy and i really hope that it's just something like that that i'm just stupid that i'm completely missing but that but those little things don't destroy the um, the overall enjoyment I have of the series. So it's those things like the little girl, the dinner, like that dinner scene. If we're thinking about it now, yes, who made that date? Who made that date? That's the question. But then the other half is like, that's such a great scene. It's such 100%. a heartbreaking scene so where good. Oscar Isaac is so good, where I think that overweighs the question I have of who booked it. Like char- his character overweighs the plot for me. His characteristics, his acting, I'm like, I love that scene far too much. That Yes, that's that's a plot hole, but I'm willing to forgive it because I just love that scene too much. So that's kind of where I'm at. And I'm probably a bit more forgiving to this series than a lot of other people are. If, But by the looks of it, like online, a lot of people are bringing up questions no more different to this and you know so obviously we're all not alone (laughs) with this kind of confusion yeah well it's an interesting way to look at things like obviously we're 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 doing a show about the moon knight tv show it's a podcast we're we're here to pick it apart um but you know do we have to pick it apart can can you is there a way of turning your brain off like aaron is saying does does oscar isaac's outstanding acting outweigh the a small little plot hole um, and does it change anything? Um, it's hard to say. Um, that's kind of the, the the beast with the word that we're in with, you know, the idea of analyzing and talking about a, a TV show and its plot points every single week. Um, one thing that I don't think can be denied um, is the work that Oscar Isaacs does in this show. Um, it's it's very much a vessel for him, regardless of whether you think there wasn't enough Mark or and there was too much Steven. There was 100% Oscar Isaacs. Um, in every single episode, he absolutely kills it in every scene that he's in. Um, you know, I, we talked about it when we were talking about episode five. There's like three or four or five scenes in that one episode where he's absolutely on the top of his game. Um, emotional, 100% emotional. And, you know, Oscar Isaacs is in everything. 
Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, Mr. C from the V39 mentions this all the time. Like, he, um, he's in Star Wars. He's in um, <laughs> Dune. He's in Marvel. Um, he is everywhere. Um, so as much as it's kind of a cliche right now to talk about Oscar Isaac's work in this, um, in this series, I think it's, you know, you have to because of how good he really is. And he's great. It's the best acting performance that we've seen in um, a comic book TV show, um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, in any of them, um, you know, Marvel, DC, um, CW, um, HBO, anything. Um, I think he's outstanding in every single scene he's in. Um, I, I, that, that's it. He's great. I think he's great. What do you think, Chris? He, to me, is Moon Knight. He is Mark Spector. I love Oscar Isaac anyway. I loved him before this. And when he was cast, I've said it before, I was ecstatic. I was so excited that they got him to be that. To me, that was just a a perfect choice and he did not let me down give him an, an emmy and an oscar he was um <laughs> really he had made the most out of every single scene emmy you are exactly correct the one that i that really really stands out to me is his mother's funeral scene outside the the Agreed. house that was a powerful scene just great great stuff so yeah oscar isaac not a single complaint not a single one. I can care. <laughs> well, I, uh, so Aaron, why don't you give your thoughts on um, Ethan Hawke? Um, obviously, he was kind of the opposite side, the opposite to Oscar Isaacs, and we talked about it all the t for the entirety that we were talking about Arthur Harrow, and it's kind of the the subversion of the of a villain. How different he mm. seemed, even in that last episode, um, when you know, I, I found his his scenes when he's releasing Amit, and he's kind of. I think he's down on his knees at yeah. a point, and it seems like there's sweat on his face. Um, and he, like he's telling her to judge him, um, and he's like laying out uh, what he has. He's got followers all over the world. Um, scales were balanced on them, all that kind of stuff. I, I just found Ethan Hawke's work incredible. And considering Ethan Hawke is more of like a, an indie darling now, yeah. he does very little big stuff. Um, mm -hmm. For him to be in a you know a Marvel show, literally the biggest thing in the world. Um, and that work that he put in, like, I think we, t we, we talked about it with Oscar Isaacs, if he's putting his own spin on the Jake Lockley thing, um, with the, the, the voice, I wonder if Ethan Hawke kind of did that with Arthur Harrow. Like, I'm going to play it this way. I'm going to play this guy cool, calm, and he's going to be creepy, like creepy as a AF, man. Um, <laughs> I thought he was great. Again, in every single scene that he's in, I think he subverted the villain role perfectly for me. This is exactly what I wanted. Not a big grandstanding um huge villain um like a thanos or anyone really um i, I love the way he was calm cool collected the entirety from the very first scene you saw him into the very last um i love everything about ethan Ox uh, arthur harrell yeah i couldn't because i remember um you know you read the, the little tabloid sections where you know ages ago ethan hawk was like said something about Marvel and DC or some comic book stuff that, you know, he wasn't a fan or something, what, something to that sort of effect. So when they actually got him, I just, I, first I couldn't believe it. I'm like, we, we have Ethan Hawke in Moon Knight. That is phenomenal. And then the guesses started happening. Oh, is he Dracula? Oh, is he? I'm like, I don't care what he is. He can just be a bloody bystander for all I care, you know, <laughs> to actually have him in it was just huge. I mean, get firstly getting Oscar Isaac. I'm like, wow. And then when you get Ethan Hawke, I'm like, this is already the biggest MCU TV show for me. Not only that, cause it's based, based on Moon Knight, just cause it's got those two actors, just pedigree alone. It's just insane. And, um, I, 
absolutely loved what he brought to the table throughout you know, the whole series, even the ending when, like you said, he's on his knees, he's sweating. He That scene where he's on his knees sweating, where Ahmet says to him, like, you're – you're not balanced, you know, mm. even, you know, you're not balanced and, you know, you could see, I don't know about you guys, but I could see that kind of like that pain in his face, that disappointment of like, I've disappointed my God. I don't know. Mm. I know I'm a disappointment, but you know, yes, I mean, I am a disappointment, but I have other people that are more balanced than me that you can have at any time. Once again, cause he's just so devout to her, but she's like, no, but you unlocked me. So you're my avatar. It was just, it was just so good. Even to the end scene, like Chris was saying, where he's sitting in the car, just laid back, the complete sort of opposite stiff kind of guy that we've had. Now we've got this complete laid back guy using his hand to say, yeah, blah, 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 whatever, Conchie, I don't care, you know, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. It's just, you know, uh, Ethan Hawke could just stand in the scene and just just eat a burger and I think it's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. So I think it was, I think it was, I, I just, I'm so glad Oscar Isaac got him on board. Mm. And um, I, the only thing that I hate about it now is that Jake's taking care of it and we're probably never going to see him again, probably. So, but I'm glad to what we did have and what we got from him. It was just brilliant. What do you guys think about the, um, the Egyptian lore? In the in the se- in the season, um, obviously it takes us a bit to see them, um, but then we get to see um, Tauret in episode four. We get to see Conchu pretty early on. We get to see uh, Amit. You know, Chris, how did you think about how did you feel about the the you know the supernatural? I want to say aspect to the series overall. I liked it. I liked the supernatural stuff because I was kind of expecting it, but I I thought it would be a little bit more horror based. I was going to say more of a horror-based kind of thing, but I like the mysticism that they brought, um, seeing the the avatars and whatnot. I love the locations. Um, You know, we've spoken about that before. They were really cool. Mm -hmm. I like the use of the different gods and how they had that avatar room, and that's how they would communicate. And, you know, those those, uh, specific passageways that would just appear, I like that. Mm -hmm. Um, The powers they had, I I thought it was a, a very interesting way to use them and not make them overpowering to the story if that makes sense they just mm-hmm. fit within the narrative they were not the narrative and, and of course like the ones that needed to be larger than life were Tanshu, of course and um even though i might not like the design of amit it was mm-hmm. cool that she, we got to see her and she was there i i thought it was interesting <laughs> And, and of course, the way the duat was presented was was very cool too. Kind of felt like Muhammad Diab was on a mission to, you know, really get across his culture and where he's from and what it's really like, not what Hollywood has portrayed it before. Oh, that reminds me of something actually, because Emmett said this before. This is one of the few times we see Egypt with like a, a real city, you know, kind of yeah. setup, and I really like that too. That's another thing. That, it, that they brought as far as the lore and just Egypt goes to. Yeah. Because I know he brought up a lot about Wonder Woman 84 and how he did not like the way, you know, his yeah. country was represented mm-hmm. there. So I figure, I think he had a, on top of that, he had this extra drive to make sure to get across what his country actually looks like and the people within it and stuff like that so, and the history behind it. I agree. 
Um, okay, guys. So final question. I know it's a little bit of recency bias because we just got mm-hmm. finished well, talking about episode six and watching episode six. But, you know, what is going to be your lasting impression of Moon Knight series? Obviously, you guys are, you know, the biggest fans um, that I know of Moon Knight. You, you know, Chris, man, you've been jazzed up about this series uh, <laughs> before it came out for a long, long time. Um, and we were jazzed up for five weeks, basically. And up until this one, um, you know, aside from the little bit of good that Chris, you found in the episode, most of, most of it was bad for you. But can you separate it a little bit and talk about, you know, what's your lasting impression of, you know, the first century of Moon Knight on TV, on, on the screen for you? That is a loaded question for me right now. Yeah. Because I, I, like I said earlier, I love one through five. And I don't, like, despise episode six. I don't. It just more didn't work that did. But at the same time, I still got Moon Knight on screen. I still got Oscar Isaac, one of my favorite actors, portraying one of my favorite characters. I mean, you know, I even got, like, they introduced new stuff that I want to see in comics. I want to see the symbiote suit in comics. I want to see Layla in comics. I want this version of Harrow in comics. You know, they did some great stuff. But at the end of the day, there are cracks and... So my final look at it is, it's good. I enjoyed it. I liked a lot about it, but it is flawed. And if we see him again, I hope they take note of these flaws and I get more of a complete version. But if I don't, I've still got one through five and the awesome action in six. Aaron, what do you think? What's your what's your final, you know, where, where are you going to land on Moon Knight? I'm just, in this day and age, we're so spoiled for riches. We really are. Like, what we get is just insane. And to have such a niche character and a character I love made into a TV show, look, I'm just I'm just happy it's there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm happy we got it. Yes, there's going to be issues. I can watch any – I can sit down with you guys and we can watch any TV show or movie and I can pick it apart, you know. Even like Daredevil season one or two, who are my favourite, you know, my Devil series is my favorite, and it's like I'm sure we can sit there and pick that apart as well. Moon Knight was always going to get picked apart more than any of the other shows, just because of how dense the character is and how they portrayed it and how they'll bring it across. That's completely understandable. It's like if you do a time travel movie or something like that, people are going to pick that apart as well, just the way it's done. Back, they still do it to Back to the Future and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I'm glad. I'm just happy I got what we got. I'm happy I got Mr. Knight. I'm happy I got Mr. Knight in a fight. I'm happy we got – I'm happy they did the Lemire run. I love that they did it. Should they have done it? You know, Probably not because it's such a dense thing, but I'm happy they did it. As a fan, if I'm being selfish, you know, as a fan that has, you know, prior knowledge to the character, I'm, I'm glad they did it. I'm glad they did it the way they did it. I'm happy they did it the way they did it. Um, I'm glad they got Oster Isaac. I'm glad they got Ethan Hawke. I'm never going to, you know, not want it. And, you know, if they don't make a season two, so be it. You know, I've got season one and I'm completely mm-hmm. content and happy with what I've got. It was very reminiscent of um, um, Daredevil. I keep saying Daredevil. We should do a Daredevil show, guys. Anyway, um, <laughs> at the end of Daredevil season three, um, you have Karen, Foggy, and Matt all sitting around the table, and they're all—I don't know if you guys remember, but I'm gonna—I'm gonna let you know. Um, they're all sitting around the table, and they're all—they've de- all decided to, you know, get back into Nelson and Murdoch again because they'd mm-hmm. all 
dissipated and they've all come back together. And it ended there. And then not long later, Netflix cancelled all the Marvel shows kind of thing. So it got to the point where there was that limbo period where we had no idea what was going on. I'm like, and I was content. I'm like, they haven't left it with Moon Knight. They have left some answers, but the, uh, some questions, sorry, they have left some questions out there, but the answers I can make up in my own head because I have prior knowledge to all the characters. Okay. I have prior knowledge to Jake Lockley. So I know why he's, you know, I can, I can put two and two together and go, right, this is what's happened. And I want to see more, but if we don't, that's fine. I got a Moon Knight TV show, for God's sake. A Moon Knight TV show. I can't, still can't believe we got a Moon Knight TV show. From all the plethora of Marvel things they could have done, they chose Moon Knight. And the fact that Feige said, let's make a Moon Knight TV show, and then they say, okay, let's not connect it at all to the MCU. And they've mm-hmm. gone, yeah, sure, do that. I'm just, I just can't believe it. I really don't. It's just blown my mind. And... The suit looks amazing. So. <laughs> <laughs> they did uh, both suits. Mister Knight suits look amazing. You know, um, there's always that sense of <laughs> if we go to talk like the Batman, the aesthetic of the Batman. You know, when that first appeared and you see the Riddler and all that, I'm like, oh, I wasn't expecting that kind of thing. Um, where you're just like, okay, I'll wait to see what it's like on screen and then I'll make my call. But when they first dropped the photos of these guys, I'm like, they look fantastic. Mm-hmm. There was no ifs or buts or maybes. I'm like, they look, they've, they've absolutely nailed it. And um, I will continue to revisit this series and I'm so glad they've made it. And yeah, that's where I stand. <laughs> Outstanding, Aaron. Uh, so one thing I'll say, or I'm going to say, three things about it one thing that i really like about it is of all the disney plus shows this is the first one where we haven't seen the character before mm-hmm. um and i was all of a sudden within the and it, this probably is because we're talking we talked about it so much i was just immediately invested in the character you know going into wandavision i didn't care about vision or wanda going into loki i don't care i didn't care about loki for myself the Marvel movies didn't excite me enough to get excited about the the Disney Plus shows that came before it. I was automatically um, excited about the Moon Knight show. Again, probably because we were talking about it all the time, but I think the sense of having not known this character, having not seen this character before, seeing it for the first time got me incredibly excited to watch the show. And by the end of it, I'm still excited because as much as we saw of Moon Knight and Mark and Steven, they're still so much we don't know um which is also maybe a hindrance on, on it on the whole but i i'm happy that i was invested in a in a disney plus show from episode one till the uh, final episode which hadn't hadn't been done before um this is my favorite disney plus show quite easily the second thing i want to mention is that i'm so happy that we mentioned jeff lemire so many times uh, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll take it anytime people want to read a jeff lemire comic uh, they should read more Jeff Lemire comics. He's the best writer in the business. Um, and as we are talking about, he probably wrote the best Moon Knight run um, of all of them. So uh, I'll take that any day of the week. And the third thing I want to say is, as I mentioned this to Chris, this has just been a lot of fun talking to you guys about it, about a character that nobody knows. Um, I'm hoping that the people who listen to this podcast can listen to two um, people who know the character more than anyone else who are some of the biggest fans of Moon Knight that I know, uh, talk about him every week. Um, and just talking to you, Aaron, for the first time, getting to know you a little bit. Um, you know, this show brought 
um, us all three together all in one place. And it also expanded uh, Gathering of the Geeks a little bit too. So I found great enjoyment in the show and I found great, great enjoyment in our show. So that's my lasting impression of, of Moon Knight. Whether the, the Moon Knight show was good or it wasn't good, it brought uh, three guys together to talk about it every week. And uh, I'm very happy about that. It gathered us together for commercial sake. Good. Good, 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 good one, Chris. <laughs> it's about placement. <laughs> I want right. product placement. Product placement. I want to um, thank you guys as well for the invite. It was uh, Chris for reaching out and Emmett for allowing it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. everything goes. Everything does go through. Man. I always ask, "Hey, you want to do this? What do you think about this?" That yeah, is the way we do things. Out. Chris reaching out, going, "Hey, you know, do you want to do a podcast about Moon Knight?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll happily talk about Moon Knight. You know, that'd be great." He's like, "I just got to ask him at first, you know, like a good child to its parent." You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, sure, you know, that's great, and I've loved the the past six weeks. You know, this has always been my favorite part of the week. You know, Saturday, no children, family gets kicked out the house. It's just us, you know, talking Moon Knight. And um, I really do appreciate the, the invite and I've loved every second of it, lads. And thank you again, once again, for having me on the, the show. Absolutely. All right, Aaron, plug some things. Uh, let people know where they can find you, man. All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Aaron Kajanto. Um, once again, I'd leech off the boys here. So you can just follow, <laughs> find me following them. Um, I do work. I run a cinema here in Adelaide, Australia. So go see Doctor Strange in the theatre. Uh, go see every other movie that you need to see in the theatre. Emmett, go to the theatre. Okay. <laughs> hey, no. I'm exposed. Hey, hey, this is like, I'm probably never going to get invited on a show again, so I'm just going to unleash you. <laughs> go to the theatre, Emmett. Buy popcorn. <laughs> Buy two popcorns. Um, Buy two popcorns. Come in a job, goddammit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, you can find me on Twitter and I just talk, you know, mainly movies, comics, and a bit of sport as well. Let's go Rangers in the ice hockey. So, uh, yeah, you can find me there, boys. Before I get into plugs, I just want to say, uh, like Emma said, thank you for joining us, Eric. Uh, Aaron, I'm sorry. I'm scatterbrained again. I could be Eric. For... I'll be anyone. People call me Darren. You know, it's like Darren. How do you get Darren? Well, I guess Darren. Aaron. Okay. Yeah, I went to a... side side thing, and when I was in America, I went to Starbucks, and you know, they're notorious. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was yeah. Aaron Double I R I N. Yeah, don't know about that one. Yeah, they're calling me they're calling me for ages. I had no idea who they were talking to. And I ended up just being me left. I'm like, I guess that's mine. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey. If it looks like mine, I guess. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. just stupid. Anyway, well, go, Chris. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you for uh, doing this six-week journey with us, Aaron. We we had a blast with you. We really did. Um, and when I when I thought of this idea with Emmett, you were the first person I thought of. So I was really glad you, you joined us on this. It's been a blast. Um, 100%. And then we'll do something else, too. We'll see. I mean, I hear I – hear, there might be another Daredevil season coming. I heard that. <laughs> I, I think I know someone that might be able to help you out there. Yeah, I'm going to text Feige after this. I'll see. I'm also going to text him, hey, where's my season two? But anyway. Yeah. Um, do we think, sorry, do we think there's going to be a season two? Let's just throw this out now. Do we think there's going to be one? Emmett? Nope. This is it. I think we're going to see him again, but there will not be a, a season two. I'm thinking it's a movie, maybe. Mm. Oh. But but a Disney Plus movie like what we're gonna no. do by night? 
No, 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 no. It's going to the theater, and they're going to release massive banners. <laughs> are you going to manifest that? Are you, you going to take the, the Moon Knight popcorn bucket hey, home? You, you, you're calling Feige. You tell me, all right? I'm going to call him. I didn't say he's going to answer or reply. I just I'm going to text him something. <laughs> um, you guys can follow me as I badger Kevin Feige at that Chris Evan Zero. <laughs> but as always, I prefer you guys follow the show at Gia the Geeks. Um, we have a lot of fun stuff going on. Emmett explains it better than I do. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at EmmettDavis7. And Gathering of the Geeks is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Gathering of the Geeks and you will find us. I want to thank everybody for listening over the last six weeks. Uh, I appreciate it. Let us know um, on Twitter, in our DMs. Uh, you can write a review on Apple Podcasts. That'll be sure swell. Mm-hmm. Let us know about uh, Moon Knighting uh, and how it was for you and how Moon Knight was for you as well. And saying all that, for Aaron and Chris... I'm Emmett, and we gather on Sundays. Lightest gators.